Don't bother updating your eyeglass prescription. It's just another great Jake Gyllenhaal performance. This is Quality Check Podcast, and for this episode, we're covering Dan Gilroy and Jake Gyllenhaal's new Netflix film, Velvet Buzzsaw, and their first collaboration, Nightcrawler. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me as always is Drew Douglas. It's nauseating to be here. You've got your booch over there, your kombucha. Kombucha. I drink a a kombucha every time. What is it this time? This one is pineapple peach. Is it? Have you had that before? I have. Not a day goes by that I don't drink a kombucha, by the way, and I do it every time I record, and I feel... I just feel healthier. We're not sponsored in any way by them, but that's your go-to fuel. This is my go-to fuel if you uh, if you ever want to get on the kombucha wagon. Woo-woo. You know, it's a funny story. Uh, next paycheck, I'm going to I'm gonna buy my own kombucha kit to start making my own. And you're going to have that for not just the recordings, but every single day. You're going to crack one open on the hour every hour. I already do that. I love that. I'm spending a fortune on this stuff. So, Which is why I need to start making my own. You need, you need to start banking on some of that. Get get in some of those royalties from it. So, film fans, if this is a first time or if you are returning, we are a podcast in which each and every week we cover a new movie and return to something we've seen before to see if it holds up or gets better. So, let's start out with a new segment called Did You See? This segment, specifically this week, we're focusing on the trailer that just dropped a few days ago on Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. We're going to need the best trackers in the business, Luke Hobbs. I'm what you call an ice-cold can of whoop-ass. Career lawman always gets his guy. We're going to need to operate outside the system. Deckard Shaw. I'm what you might call a champagne problem. Rogue former MI6 agent. Doesn't play well with others. If we stand a chance against Brixton, you guys have to work together. No way. So as you heard, that is part of the new Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Drew, did you love it or hate it for this trailer? 100% loves it. I actually really loved it too. I, I, I love that. I watched it twice, back to back. Yeah, and I, I we haven't really talked about it, but um, the last Fast and the Furious movie, The Fate of the Furious, I wasn't very big on. So I'll be honest, I've not seen the any of the Fast and Furious films since like the third film, and Tokyo that's crazy Drift. to me. But I thought this sounded really stupid, and then I played that trailer, and I was clapping, <laughs> I, I was giggling like Beavis. It was. It's seriously like Mission Impossible meets Fast and Furious. Only a lot of fun. So let me ask, because I don't know anything about these two characters. Do you like them more than the Vin Diesel characters, like the original characters? Yes. Really? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So you thought that The Rocks, Which is why I think Vin Diesel's so, like, jealous about this. (laughs) Because you think that it will end up doing better? A lot of people... This is going to be... I watched... The first time I was watching it, I was like, this is going to be a humongous hit. And people are going to love it. Because of The Rock. I don't even know who made the movie. Who directed it? I'm not sure. You need to look this up. It'd be great if it was like Justin Lin. I kind of forgot 
Idris Elba is in this movie. Yeah, he Honestly. looks amazing. I love that they're adding because this the franchise has has gone so far over the cliff at this point that adding like a superhuman element, super villain. bad guy to this is the most logical step. So it's like, the, and this is the first time they've done that. I thought they did that in the last few films because wasn't Charlize Theron this crazy villain? Yeah, but they've never like like super Elba's villain. legit um, super powered. So David Leach, I believe his name. <laughs> He's oh the, yeah, he's the guy that did Deadpool two and John Wick and Atomic Blonde. That's so right. That, that might be why this looks like a lot of fun. Huh? Interesting. Well, he definitely knows his way around action films. So wow, w- this comes out in August. Yeah. Goodness. The the end of the summer movie season. So will you be there opening night? I'll be there opening night. I, I, and honestly, before watching this preview, I thought this sounded like an awful idea. Well, I was talking to you about that, and you're like, no, I'm not watching I it. didn't want to watch it. This looks like a, an absolute blast. <laughs> yeah, it actually does. Your favorite scene, was it when they were running down the building? I did think that was funny, uh, and he mouths a potty, world, potty <laughs> word, which I was actually kind of surprised they kept that in there. Yeah, that was interesting because instant, this is a, all of them are PG thirteen movies. What if they ended up going with an R rating, an R rated Fast and Furious? I don't think it's necessary. They definitely wouldn't make the money, that's for sure. Because these, fil- I just cannot believe how much money these movies are making. But like you said, this is going to be a massive hit. I'm, I'm calling it now. You need to watch Fast Five, and then the other two after that. I, I mean, if you only watch, if you were to only watch one, Fast Five is. A com- it's a masterpiece. See, I, for real? It's an act. Yeah, it's one of the greatest action movies ever. What? I, and I'm not. You're being, being honest. Being completely serious. I. It was one again that mm. I. I didn't expect much, and it was when they kind of realized they don't have to do racing movies anymore. They can. It's a heist movie. It's great. So I. I've only seen like a few minutes from it, and it looks interesting. But it never. It was like in the middle of the movie, and I can't watch movies in the middle. I have to start from the beginning to end. And that's, that's that's like one of my pet peeves. The last one with Paul Walker, I actually cried at the end of the movie. All right. So now let's move on to the first film that just came out this weekend, Velvet Buzzsaw. It's brilliant. Demand has people ready to kill. Have you ever heard of an artist named Ventral Deals? No, not in our records, and we have everyone. The artist used blood to create the reddish blocks. You ever notice anything about this painting? Look at it long enough, it moves. Velvet Buzzsaw, it's uh, it's about a prestigious art community turned upside down when the works of a deceased painter starts getting revenge. Dan Gilroy wrote and directed it. came out February 1st on Netflix. Um, Budget $21 million. Box office, we don't know because it wasn't in theaters. Rotten Tomato score, 60 Seven percent as of this recording. It's been fluctuating quite a bit. It was in the eighties for a good portion of the week, dropped all the way down to sixty-seven percent. Gilroy said this budget was quote unquote too big for Hollywood studios at twenty-one million. And also we've got the returning co- collaboration of Gilroy, Jillen Hall, and Renee Russo. And it also stars Zawi Ashton, who is technically the main character here, Tony Collette, David Diggs, John Malkovich, and Billy Magnuson. She's the main character? I have questions about this. You think so? That we'll I thought get into so, yeah. It. Okay, we'll get into what, that. Don't, don't you think so? No. Oh, we'll get into this because it's, okay. one of the, it's one of the things I want to talk because about. Because to is, me, it felt like she is was. Who's the main character of this movie? Okay. And also, we've got director of photography, Robert Ellswit, who also 
did Nightcrawler with Gilroy. Can I add one other interesting note? What's that? Uh, Dan Gilroy, who wrote this movie and directed it, says he came up with the idea after Warner Brothers scrapped Superman Lives, oh. which he was working on fixing the script or whatever. And Lives was canceled way back in 1998. So this Wait, hold is, on. This is, that was the film with... Kevin Smith, that right? That was the Kevin Smith, Nick Cage. Nick Cage one. What? So he's been gestating on this for basically two decades. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? I don't see how or where that idea really came from unless the villain is like this supernatural painter. And that's from, I don't know, I'm really confused by that. Well, and he's just saying like while he's working on that, he had this idea too. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go ahead and get into the the overall grade. You were talking about that. It's sitting at sixty eight by critics, forty three by viewers, the audience. Ooh. What do you have to say about it? What's your overall grade in this film? Are we allowed to grade a movie that's primary goal is to mock <laughs> the world of criticizing art? I I actually kind of love that. Um. I I, go, I know, it, this is another one uh, that after watching one time like it was kind of with glass I I'm really fluctuating between two scores but I'm I'm going to give it a B. You know, I was debating the same thing because I really enjoyed this and I at first didn't see what any of the audience was ranking this but when we saw how high it was in the beginning I'm like okay I can get behind that. I feel like it's being dumped on by the audience. I don't really know why. I haven't read their reviews on this. And critics I've, I've read, but I'm going to have to go with, I'll say a B minus. Yeah, it's right in that territory. I've read a lot just from what people have said casually on like Letterboxd. And they all seem to have a lot of the same gripes, which are some of mine too. Okay. So let's let's get into that a little bit, but let's start with what works here. What do you think is uh, some of the... The good stuff from Velvet. If you listen to our February pop culture pickums episode, you heard me say that Velvet feels like an episode of The Twilight Zone or X Files, and I like the B movie feel of this. Yeah, especially how you know X Files managed to do creepy horror stories with a dash of dark comedy sprinkled in, and that's probably my favorite aspect of this was just the kind of the cheese level of it, even though it didn't work completely. Uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is actually really funny in this, and he's not usually funny. <laughs> and this movie, I think, is really, actually really close to being good. It's just got a lot of problems. I, I agree with you on the B movie. I love a good B movie, and that's exactly how this feels. That's where, and I may actually go up in my grade after rewatching this. I think so. I think mine would too. And I am completely okay when you get into this. I think that. You're, you're not, exp at least for myself, when I saw the trailer, which came out of nowhere, I had no idea this was going to be released until like two or three weeks ago. I haven't heard of it. I didn't know Jake G and Gilroy were working on another film. Just came out of nowhere. And I have to say that this movie, to me, was a lot of fun at times. That was something that worked. The flow of it, the cheesiness of it all, I have to say that uh, the other thing is there were a lot of actors and actresses in this film that really made it stand out, especially those who were picked for those roles. I thought that it was cast pretty well. Um, Zawi, that was an interesting thing because I liked her, but at the same time, there were certain things that she did that kind of towed the line a little bit that to me was interesting. Like sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't with her character. 
But how about let's get into some of those things that didn't work in that case. I actually have a couple of things that I actually did that like you, too. Okay. The opening titles, very cool. Did you like those? Yeah. Actually, as soon as that set up, it reminded me of, like you said, Twilight Zone and also the the Us. For some reason, yeah, the Us trailer bit. or poster. It played like the the opening titles of a TV show, like an HBO show or something. Yeah. Um, and then the artwork that this movie is built around that starts getting revenge on these critics and yeah. the people in the the art community. I th- the artwork itself is really cool. Yeah, I would agree with that. And some of them kind of scary, unsettling the way they they look. I like the and the other thing, they never explain why the paintings are haunted necessarily. They they say that the painter used like actual blood yeah. in flesh or something to yeah. craft it. I kinda like the unexplained aspect. It's just like started happening. I really love that. And yeah, there's a lot to this that, so you mentioned the Twilight Zone. This also reminded me of Serling's other show that came out, Night Gallery. And not playing off of that, but it literally reminded me more of a Night Gallery episode, especially toward the end. There's something that happens to a character who's worked into a painting. And I thought that is exactly how a Night Gallery episode would end. And so that aspect, I absolutely love. We'll talk about that in spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some things don't work. It feels directionless to me. And part of the problem is that there's so many characters and plot threads yeah. in this that it's very Robert Altman-ish where we just kind of follow a dozen people around in this art world. And that means there are stretches where Morph, who is Jake Gyllenhaal's character, <laughs> completely disappears. Great name, by the way. Yeah. I kept calling him Worf in my head from Star Trek. <laughs> um, but I assumed watching this that morph was our main character you didn't seem to take that which i think is a problem is and the trailer i thought he was but i think even still watching it he's the main character but it he disappear he'll disappear for 10 15 minutes yeah and i think that's a problem that's part of this too many plot threads we need to trim it down um the the horror element of this movie it's it's a satire and it's funny because it's kind of poking fun at this world and then we have this horror element that feels tacked on I wish they leaned heavier into the horror elements. Sure. Just go full horror. And the deaths that come because of the horror are not good. Some of those are just very abrupt. Yeah. And it just is like, really, that's all? The deaths aren't very good. They're not scary. No, some of those I was okay with. Some are, And we'll talk about that more in spoiler territory. Was not impressed with that. And then the cinematography, I have a question on this. So you, okay. So returning is... Robert Ellswit. Yeah. He did Nightcrawler, and then he also did uh, Roman J. Israel, mm-hmm. the Gan- which Dan Gilroy's, which I haven't seen, Dan Gilroy's second movie. I think that's an underrated film. Too. And I need to watch it, but he, I think he's worked on all three of Gilroy's movies. Did you think the cinematography in this is good or bad? Okay. I'd say okay. Just okay. I have a yeah. problem with all these Netflix movies. They never seem cinematic to me. And this one was another one that at times, whether it's Aerial shots of L.A., kind of these establishing second unit shots looked great. But the movie itself never struck me as like, oh, that's a beautiful shot. And that was, I think Nightcrawler looks really cool. Oh, Nightcrawler's it's, great. It's a good, slick-looking movie. And this, I don't know what it is about these movies, but they never impress me um, with visuals. And that, too, I wonder, is that part of a Netflix? I mean, obviously, you can't But they can't. How that, they? but... If the budget's $21 million, they're shooting this like a normal movie. Yeah. 
what what is restraining that they're i mean they have all the same talent i don't understand why they're not translating yeah i mean that's a good point and i don't know i I, i'd be curious to see this in the theater to see maybe if that changes my perception on that but i would agree with you that i mean i don't even know if that's a negative thing that i have it was a question where i i didn't know if it was good or bad i would just say okay like you said i wouldn't stand down I, i guess is the is the problem there, there are a few things in this film that, like, that was just okay. The music was okay. Sometimes I, I liked it, but I didn't really remember a whole lot about I it. I liked it. It was, once again, it was one of those that it was okay. It reminds me, so Marco, I think it's Marco Beltrami mm-hmm. is his name. He did Logan. It's got that Logan music to me. And there's, there are he elements. a style that I recognize. There, there's an element to it in which it seemed very much so like what you're saying, a Twilight Zone or Night Gallery episode. And I will say there are a few things that I'm lost in translation with. One being Velvet Buzzsaw. What's the meaning of it? I know that is the collection of Rene Russo's character, but I guess I'm just lost in that. That that what was the importance? What was the significance of not only the title of the film, but Rene Russo having that collection, that art collection that more or less made her famous? I I, I just took it as she was in this. She's in this indie band called Velvet Buzzsaw, and then she basically sells out, and now she's critiquing art. So it's just the okay. The the arc of her life is from one end of the spectrum to the other, and then it literally. Well, well, I won't say this. Any, I, and, with spoilers, spoiler, okay. Which is probably we should almost. What else doesn't work for you? Um. The so going back to the characters, I do understand what Gilroy was wanting to do because I was thinking about this before you record him. Malkovic and the uh, Diggs characters. Diggs is this inspired artist. We don't see a lot of his work except for one time, really. But he's this artist, this up and coming artist, this young guy. He's got all this inspiration and motivation, he's going and creating some good stuff. That's on one side of the spectrum. On the other side, we've got Malkovic, who is at the end of his life, he doesn't really understand what to do next. He's in this hole, so to speak, creatively, and he can't seem to find a way to come out of it. Everyone else in this story fits in the middle of those two characters. So I understand those are the polar opposites, and then everyone else is critiquing or they've just got crap art, whatever it may be, and they are the quote-unquote sellouts. For them, I understand and I like the idea of working in as many characters, but there are times it does kind of get lost and just flushing through this story. And for me, Zawi was the main character because of we follow her most of the time. And Gyllenhaal, like you said, there are times that he'll disappear and then come back. And to me, that's where I feel like Zawi is the the main actor or actress. And she's the she's the story that that is the catalyst for everything. She yeah, and triggers everything. That's but don't we why. we start the movie with Morph? Yeah, we do. That's why this this is it feels confusing like it. for me. Sure, in that aspect. And and so with that, even though I like the characters and the actors who are portraying them, at the same time, as you said. Lost in translation is kind of how I feel as well with that. Uh, those are the the, the uh, main things that I have to say. So I don't really have anything else to did, say for cast wise. Yeah. So I like Gyllenhaal. Did you like Zawe? She was kind of bland to me. She was okay. Like I said, I I think that there are times that she she did work, and other times I think she was like trying to not trying too much, but there it just didn't work at times with her character. 
I think, with her and her character. I think Netflix at this point has a contract with John Malkovich. It seems like And they're it. like, whatever movie we're doing, we're going to stuff you into it. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit like Adam Sandler. He's always the same person, too, which is the problem I have with him lately. True. No, I did there's like no him. diversity with this guy. I liked him better in this than in Bird Box, in my opinion. Yeah, he's better in this, but he's but also he's only also in this very... about four minutes, which is good. And I think that's also to the benefit. What's his last great thing? I rewatched Rounders Red? a, a Would it couple be Red? weeks ago. And did you he's like so incredible in that? See, I need to see that because I can't remember. I it just did... makes, he, every time I watch that, I want to eat Oreos. Oh. Uh, I've never seen the full film being John Malkovich. I've never seen all of that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. The other, I thought he was okay in Red. I didn't see that. Did they do two of those? Yeah, and he Is, was Is uh, Bruce good in that? He's okay. Just I think okay. that was he, was... he was checking out at this point? Yeah, I wouldn't say the downfall, but that's definitely the beginning where Willis, you're like, okay, what's going on here, Bruce? There's some good moments, but... I'd like to return to those, but once those are kind of forgettable. That's it for another discussion. But uh, how about rewatchability for this film? I don't want to say it's high, but I, I, I will at some point watch this. Probably October time, Halloween time. Truthfully, this is high for me. I, for real, think I may go home and watch this again tonight. I think it'll be. I gave it a B, and that's kind of on the high scale. I think it'll earn a genuine B when I rewatch it. I think it's something that. You watch again and you'll like it a lot more. I will say, and this is by no means for revealing anything about Nightcrawler. To me, this has a higher rewatchability. I, I agree. And one one thing I like about this movie too is I think if you watch this in a crowd, especially people that like horror movies, or I, th I think it'll be it's something that you can watch and laugh, and you can laugh at some of the deaths or the <laughs> some of the comedy itself i think yeah. this is kind of a crowd pleaser in that like a True. final destination type yeah movie. before we get into spoilers i think this is netflix's best film that's insanity what other say. what other great netflix film can you think of that's better than this mudbound ah uh, that's true that is enough i haven't seen it though so i can't say the crowd of people turning on Bird Box. That that fits that. Like the Netflix crowd, I guess. That crowd more than Velvet. Like people, yeah, like my true. mom and dad turning Velvet Buzzsaw on, they're not going to like it. This isn't why they're, that's too, a good they're, point. they're flipping around on Netflix to find movies. This Christmas Chronicles is. That's like at-home entertainment. Sure. Or Bird Box. Is, I, don't, I don't understand the appeal of Bird Box at all, really. I just don't think it's good. I think it's gotten worse me weeks after thinking about it and velvet's definitely your niche i mean i probably more the most that netflix has ever produced in that case because we're watching this because we like gyllenhaal gilroy and the absurdity movies. of like b-list stuff so i it, it's it fits into the kind of stuff that i enjoy so i would highly recommend it to you to anyone who would be interested in that if you like that stuff i would never recommend this to casually that's true be like hey what, be what's on what can we watch tonight no, you're not, I'm not going to say this. And that's where I would recommend Nightcrawler over this just to like a general crowd. But even then, that'd Man, be a little tough. That's a tough sell, yeah, exactly. too. So how about spoilers? What what kind of spoilers do you want to talk about for Velvet Buzzsaw? I want to talk about the deaths of some of these people. Okay, who was the most laughable? Like laughable in a good way? In a bad way. Oh, in a bad way. The one that you did not. I'll come out and say the, right now, Morph. 
Well, I was going to say, how underwhelmed were you with the morph death? Very underwhelmed. Like, he just, he gets squeezed to death. He gets his neck snapped by uh, Hobo Man, which is like this work of art that this guy created that's like a robot hobo. And it's just And we don't even, junked. we really don't see it. Not until the very, so in the very beginning and end, which I'm okay with that, but at the same time. It's a bad ending for arguably your main character. And probably your best character. Yes. So, so I just, just I, I thought it was stupid. Uh, the best one was Tony Collette's. That's good because she gets killed, and then they think it's part of the art exhibit. People coming in, and then kids are like playing in the blood, thinking it's fake, <laughs> stomping around. So it just keeps building and building. It's it's actually really funny. That that's good. The other one that was underwhelming, but I liked at the end was Zawi when she's the the character. I said that was like. The night gallery type ending. That's complete X-Files. The ending and her death where she it becomes one, I guess, with this painting and that's her death is very – and this whole thing is X-Files to me. I, hey, I got a question. What's this that? just came to me. This movie follows around people in the art community and that's – those are the characters that we're interacting with. Would this have been better if it was policed in, police investigating the crimes that were unfolding and they're so the, true detective style we're basically like Mulder and scully we're coming into this world and we're looking at it through their eyes and they're interacting with all these interesting people trying to figure out what's happening i like that 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 would be really cool so it would be like the supernatural because like, a lot of times movies need somebody where we are a character is the audience and there is sure. there's not really the coco is kind of the character in this a movie, little bit but not really but she's just not in it a lot again you're adding two more characters possibly so that's that's another problem is it's already very crowded. See, I was hoping that this was the prequel to Disney's Coco. But the yeah, I, I don't know. That's a really interesting idea. I think that would be make for a really cool story. But then again, does it become too much like the X Files or Kolchak? The I Night mean, it Stalker? already very much is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, two more questions. It's it's a genre mashup as we've talked about satire, horror, and comedy. What do you think works best? Which of those genres? In my opinion, this film would have been better if it did exactly what you said. Horror. More horror. Yeah, I believe that too. But I did. I was surprisingly... I laughed a lot in this movie. I did too. Especially with Morph. Morph was hysterical because they go to a funeral at one point and he's like complaining about the cheesy organ music, <laughs> which I thought was hysterical. And the and casket. He, yeah, he complained about the guy's casket. He goes and gets his eyes checked and dilated and the... Uh, the the uh optometrist. I, the optometrist gives him a pair of like paper glasses so he can shield his eyes from the sun and he he just looks at it disgusted and he's like these are heinous and whenever he goes in to find the archiving of the paintings the lady she says something along the lines of like oh is this your new whatever and he's like yeah and he yeah, just he, takes them off she thinks it's just some new high class trend I, I do have to say though jake g was awesome and it was really funny and i was i wondered if it was borderline offensive his type of character i didn't know if they pushed it too far leaning oh, into okay, stereotypes gotcha. of how he behaved but i just kind of wondered hmm. uh my my last question uh natalia dyer from stranger things yeah. plays coco she's in this for a little bit if they did Halloween for some reason, wouldn't she make a great Laurie Strode? Yeah. If there is a spinoff Buzzsaw or a sequel to Buzzsaw, Please she would no. be that. Let's not do that, though. I, this would be such a great one-off. And it ends, honestly, speaking of deaths, I love, and it wasn't by any means great, but I love whenever the Velvet Buzzsaw tattoo comes to life and literally saws into the back of 
Rene Russo's character and kills her. But the ending, I have to say, I love the ending where the artwork is once again somehow it crashed or however it was supposed to be disposed of from Rene Russo's home. It ends up on the streets of LA and people are selling it. I don't think it, it wasn't Rene Russo's. Well, they took it. The, Remember the truck? Her collection, yeah. Yeah, the homeless people take it. Yeah. And that was that to me was so cool because it's such a Stephen King ending. Which, we'll get to the ending of both this and Nightcrawler because they both end the same way. Oh, yeah. I'll explain. I like that. Yeah, I see where you're but, going. Uh, yeah, I love the ending too. It, it is, ends it's with, so great. It ends with it's spreading now. It ends with artwork being sold on the corner of L.A. I wish Coco was in this more. She's the audience surrogate, and I feel she would be the audience surrogate. And she's only in this. She's not in this a lot. All right. Well, how about this? What if Coco, it's from the perspective of Coco, and she's the one who is basically the assistant. She's bouncing around from gallery to gallery. Or yeah, I feel like that's kind of advisor. what they were doing. It just doesn't it didn't, really come across that no, way. No, not at all. It didn't work out. But if they took it from her perspective and she was like doing her own investigation or she was just from the eyes of someone who's always being told you're not good enough, you need to get older, come back when you're 40, like whenever she goes to Don Don and he says that to her. If Gilroy took another crack at this, I think that would actually be the best story then. And she's like the investigator, private event, whatever it may be. I do kind of admire just being planted into this world though. I, I like that. It goes, I, I go back and forth. I think you can do. I think you can do this a number of different ways. And I guess overall, I'm happy with what we got. I am too. And even though I gave it a B minus, I still actually had a lot of fun, laughed a lot, and genuinely, there were moments where I was kind of cringing, just like Tony Collette's death, scenes like that. Mm, I, I got that. into. So here are two things, two recommendations I have. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know most likely where I'm going with. But if you like Velvet Buzzsaw, one recommendation, read or listen to the audiobook of Stephen King's Duma Key. Duma. Andrew, I've tried to get you into this. It's like a nearly a 30-hour audiobook read by John Slattery of Mad Men. I'm doing it next, I've decided. After I finish Hearts in Atlantis again, I'm going to... Dive right in. I only have a couple hours left. I would say it's one of King's better, I'm not saying best, but one of his better modern tales. It's so good. If you really liked Velvet, it definitely fits in line with what you're looking for for this. There are some comparisons between the two stories, but I definitely recommend that. The other, so this was a Netflix show, or at least it was, I believe, BBC. It was a British show, and it stars Zowie and Tony Collette. This was... The first time I saw them together, and it's called Wonderlust. Have you heard of this or seen it on Netflix? No. So it's like six episodes, very short. It's basically the story of a couple, Tony Collette and her husband, and they decide to more or less become swingers. And it's such a weird, offbeat story. Um, Collette's great in that. There were some things that really worked in that, some things that didn't, but something that's totally off and left field. Maybe give that a watch. But once again, you're coming into a story that with that kind of description, you can expect certain things. So now let's go ahead and jump into our upgrade downgrade. And we return to Nightcrawler. We're first. Go around. Get a shot inside the car. Hey, back away. I got it. I'm back. I'm back. Will this be on television? 
Morning news, if it bleeds, it leads. Are you currently hiring? I'm starting a TV news business. Nightcrawler, a little creep, uses the chaos of others to achieve the American dream when he starts stalking the streets of L.A. for the next big news story. Again, Dan Gilroy wrote and directed this movie. This is the second time in a row we've had a writer-director, M. Night Shyamalan last time. Woo. Came out on October 31st, 2014. Halloween, way back in 2014. Loves it. Budget, $8.5 million. Box office, $32 million in the U.S., Six million around the world, thirty-eight million total. Rotten Tomato score very high, ninety-five percent. I remember whenever that came out, and the critics were eating it up and loving it. I thought, man, I have to see this. So, do you think that's deserving of the love and praise that critics and the audience are giving this film? Too high. One other thing, Bill Paxton is in this. He was in this more than what I realized rewatching this film, and then. Riz Ahmed, who was the bad guy, if you remember, from your favorite <laughs> film of last year, Venom. Yes, Riz Ahmed from Venom. And also The Night Of. I, I, I actually forgot that he was in this movie. First time when you saw this, what were your thoughts? I saw it way back on opening weekend. Oh, so you did go to the theater and watch Yes, watch I went. Oh, what are you What are you nuts? Because I didn't. I, I did I not. I know. You're I'm crazy. not sure why. I actually don't know why. When opening weekend, uh, I haven't seen it since. So this is only the second, rewatching is only the second time. Me too. So we've both seen it twice? Yeah. I, I, first time, initial thoughts, I really liked it. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was great. As I said, he's an utter creep. He really, he felt like a character that really mastered and, and graduated from like some cheap self-improvement course, <laughs> which I liked. And I like Gilroy's dark comedy. Again, it's that he, he translated again into Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, the twisted relationship between Gyllenhaal uh, that he develops with Renee Russo, who is like, she's what a news director for a newsroom in L.A. Yes, morning news director. Um, I really liked how he basically starts forcing her into a relationship, a sexual relationship too, because he keeps getting all this great footage, and a lot of what that relationship is, Gilroy hides from us. We we hear about it, but it's ne- it's always off screen. We don't see it. And I actually like that kind of stuff. That's good. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal plays Lou Bloom in this movie. Do you think Lou Bloom, after, I mean, after seeing this movie, I thought he's at least in the discussion for one of the best anti-heroes ever. Yeah. Is uh, he an anti-hero, just a flat-out scumbag? I think he's a flat-out scumbag. Okay. Good, good. He's a great bad guy, then. Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic. I would I would go to argue that this may be, maybe, I'm, I'm emphasizing that here, maybe my favorite Gyllenhaal performance. Mm, I can't do that. We'll get into that in a little bit. We'll but. get into that in a little bit. Uh, and movies like this often toe the line with these nasty characters. And it's tough. It's tough to root on somebody like this. And I remember whenever I first saw that, that was my big thing, that he's such a creep, as you said in your description, but just like the things that he does, and he will lie to you, to your face. Like when we're introduced to him, and he's trying to sell this copper and everything to this junkyard, the salvage yard owner, and he's like, I'm not going to hire a thief. And then he's basically trying to con him into letting him work for him. He's great. He's hard. He's hard to take your eyes off of. And I think even with all his negative flaws, I, I you can't help but watch him. So two things I want to know about this story and setting we talked about. Gyllenhaal lost 25 pounds for this role. He also did not sleep for a long time uh, to try to build up this look. Because when I saw this, I thought, Gyllenhaal does not look healthy, and he looks like he's tired 
Riz Ahmed looks bad too. Well, yeah, it's true. Like Riz doesn't look so great, but Gyllenhaal was rough. He was rough looking, but Gyllenhaal also said that he would sleep during the mornings, I believe. And at night he was out. That's whenever he was, he was like, he changed his schedule around. The other thing. So we've got a background in news. And one thing to note, is this really a major issue with like these night crawlers or how this is set up? Is this really something like, does this happen in big markets like LA? Gilroy said in a behind the scenes that I watched of this film, he followed around some top stringers or night crawlers, these freelancers who are out shooting this video and selling it. They, or Gilroy followed specifically two guys from the United Kingdom in LA and they he based the film off of their actions. Not like they set, like tried to do anything that Hall's character did, but that the way they operated, he based it off of them. I thought that was interesting and his research for the film, like where he went to try to get Hall's character and write it in. I thought that was interesting. But a few other like initial thoughts. I remember loving this film when I first saw it. I love Hall. I love the setting, although it's deeply disturbing because like I said, coming from the news background, it made me feel disgusting after watching this. <laughs> I I'm know. serious. It made me feel really bad too. Like I wanted not I would only- like to say that in the news business that we work, where it's a much smaller area, this is not how it is. So watching this, I kept wondering, is this reality? It's like it's played up. You feel it, like it's played it, up. I guess it makes sense in LA when you're covering a huge amount of ground. So you need people on the street that can give you stuff that your staff can't. That's just not how it is in the experience that I've had. So that took me out of it where it made me feel really kind of disgusting for the entire just profiting essentially off of the tragedy of others. So what do you think holds up with this film? I think Jakey G holds up. It's it's some top tier work from Gyllenhaal. Uh, I told you watching that opening scene that the first time we meet Lou Bloom, I watched it and immediately started the movie again because the opening scene is so good. Question. Did he kill him? Uh, I know that's a spoiler. Yeah, but I don't know because I was thinking the, about that too. That's in the know. first five minutes. It's left ambiguous. I would say no. Okay. But the stuff that he does later in this movie, he has no problems potentially taking a life. I don't know. I. This is the thing is... The the at the beginning of this movie he's stealing copper, or he's stealing yeah. a fence, and right. the, the security guard comes up and questions him, and he they he just essentially attacks the security guard, and, and then we don't see the rest of it other than that he's stolen the security officer's watch. I would say I'm kind of leaning towards maybe he did kill him. See, when I first saw the film, I didn't think he killed him at all, but then. Watching this from the at the end of the film, I love that Gilroy ends with this, and that's kind of one of the closing shots of Nightcrawler that you see the watch on Gyllenhaal at the beginning of the film and the end of the film. And that's not spoiling a whole lot, but you are left with that thought of how far did he go? I think he just attacked him, I don't think he killed him, but by the end of this film, you're thinking, Yeah, I think he probably did. And he just like dumped his body somewhere. I don't think he did. I think he just beat him up badly, and <laughs> uh, and he stole he stole his watch. And he had a trunk. 
full of stolen property too with the copper and everything else like that that he took the to the junkyard loop loom uh i think the dark comedy still works yeah i've I, you know obviously we saw this i think that the, there's a good amount of tension laid in this movie that remains that still holds up riz ahmed is still very good in this i completely forgot he was in it and he's another like Hall. it's hard to take your eyes off of him and james newton howard scored is this which section oh, is yeah. this going, good or bad? Because a lot of people really they think this is a little too jaunty, a little too upbeat for the tone of the movie. It's got a, it's got like the electric guitar, and it's very odd. I was okay. I liked it until the very end, the, the credits. Yeah, and that's feels, whenever it kicks it in. Like, whoa! Peppy. All right, John, like tone it down a little bit. I don't know if I like it. I, I think it kind of fits the offbeat uh, Lou Bloom character in a yeah. way where it, it's. It's something about him is off, and then there's something about the score compared to the tone that feels off. I like James Newton Howard. Again, second movie in a row we're doing a James Newton Howard score. Loves him. So that, that's, that's what I think holds up. I think most of it still holds up. The other thing to note, I will say, about the setting, I feel like this film is terrifying, and that holds up. There are moments that it truly builds in suspension, and I mentioned in our last full episode on the Glass Cast, um, I watched Nightcrawler uh, with someone who has not seen the film prior. So this was her first viewing of it. She, just like with Unbreakable, for Nightcrawler, she wasn't as freaked out. But I felt like I was more freaked out and terrified, mainly because it. there are moments of this where it's so unethical that it makes me disturbed. Like it to the core of me kind of shakes me because it is just so upsetting. Um, she was also bothered, but not as much as I, but in like the last, I'd say 30 minutes, uh, it's, it's the climax of the film. I'll, I'll say that without spoiling anything. Um, she was really freaked out by that. And I was, but I guess seeing what Hall does, I wasn't to the nature of like more freaked out than everything else that he has done. But it does leave that idea of like building suspension that I loved. Those are, and I agree with everything that you said about what holds up. Uh, what doesn't hold up though? What basically what you just said? I think for me, it's an icky movie. So that you don't want to return to it in that case. It's it's something where I like it. Um, I I don't know how often I could rewatch this. I feel I felt really bad watching this. So hence where Velvet, you would be able to return to yeah, that. that. That's why this replay value hurts. I wasn't as into it the second time. I'll say that. I, was I, I watched it un, 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 uninterrupted. And I think a couple times I checked to see how much time I had left. I did once. And it was and midway through. That's not a great thing. Uh, Lou does a lot of bad stuff in this movie. Oh. And Lou basically wins in the end. Is that a good thing? I think so Gilroy and the behind the scenes said he wanted to create a story not that the bad guy wins but he wanted to create this American dream story that if you pursue what you love that you can achieve it and he wanted that story to stay the same and in that case Jakey G he definitely gets to it I did not hate it for that reason and it did not make me feel any worse than what I'd watched because knowing that this is just a film but then again Really, in the back of my mind, I'm like, but is it just a film? That's that's honestly a disturbing thought. So I think for both this and Velvet, Gilroy allows the viewers to leave the, the film and turn it off 
but that thought remains in your mind. I think that's actually rather brilliant because it allows you to keep thinking about the film long after you've turned it off. So did I like it? No, but is it effective? Yes. That's what I'd have to say. I would, yeah, I agree with that. Do you, what, what, what else don't you like? Cause I have one comment to say, but it's not a, it's not a problem. It was just kind of going back to how velvet ends and how this ends. It's, that's pretty much it. The rewatchability, like you said, is actually, it went down in my book in terms of like, would I be able to return to it for a third time? Not for quite some time. It would have to be a long, it would have to be maybe I'm high on Gyllenhaal again and I want to rewatch all his best work. And that would probably be the reason why I'd return to this. Don't get me wrong, I want to return to it, but I'm okay not returning to it for a while. Because it is one of his best performances. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, I... Do you want to segue into, do you have anything else? Or Let me it? say one thing real okay. quick. So I talked about how this and Velvet basically end the same because at the end of this movie, Lou has his own team of news crews and the movie ends with two different, two of his news vans going off into diverging directions in LA. So he's basically like a virus now spreading <laughs> through LA and Velvet is the same way. It's these haunted paintings are being uh, sold by homeless people and, again, spreading through L.A. And I like that they mirror each other with the way yeah. they end. It's it's something bad that is kind of weaving into the community. So I I, I like I love the ending. Uh, and I don't really have a problem with Lou being bad, I guess, and winning. Because I, I would imagine a lot of people win by doing a lot of really bad things right. in life. So it makes sense. And doing this nightcrawler game, so to speak. Yeah, let's talk about Hall and his performances. Let's do it. Because I will say that easily segues into the MVP of the film for me. That's easily it. Where Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and his portrayal, his acting is on point. And like I said, I will go to say this is one of the best performances of Jakey G. Well, I agree with that. Is it his best, though? Oh, it's, you know, going back, I'd have to go down the list and look because, in my opinion, Jakey G is one of the best actors currently working. I, You know what mine is? Of your favorite Jake G? What's that? Bubble Boy. I, you know, I've never seen I'm that. Kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to say, I, I can't say because <laughs> that may be the case. I want to doubt That joke got ruined. Uh, no, Zodiac, I think, is his masterwork. Uh, you know, I need to return to that because I wasn't a huge fan the first time I saw it. I thought it was okay. You didn't like Zodiac? I thought it was okay, but I need to rewatch it because it's, it's I, one of the greatest movies. I of turned all time. it on and off two different times because I kept getting bothered during the film. So that's why I think I'm not, you I wasn't watched, as and, into it. And he's maybe overshadowed by Ruffalo and Downey Jr., but he's, I think he's incredible. See, RDJ, I thought was really good in that. You need to watch that because that's Fincher's masterpiece. masterpiece. Real over. Easily over anything else he's ever done. Over social network? Yes. That's, that's not even in my top three, probably. <laughs> What's your MVP for Nightcrawler? Um, is it Jake G? I mean, I kind of might just say, what, what is this movie trying to say about the American dream? That might be the MVP for me, is, is its oh, message sure. and how far you're willing to go. Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of lumped into that because there's performance. I just like what Gilroy's saying. Upgrade, downgrade, or stays the same? How would you rank... Nightcrawler. I'm actually going to say downgrade. I hate to say that because it's still a good movie, but how much of a downgrade? It's a downgrade. I don't know. I the the fact that it's it's a downgrade. That's all I can say. But I I'm saying downgrade a little bit. By very a little bit. I'm very surprised that it's a downgrade, but I, I have to because it's just 
I don't want to watch this anytime again. And again, I wasn't as into it the second time. So, and I completely agree with you. And that really bothered me because I was so pumped to return to this film. And I watched this on Friday night and the plan was to watch Nightcrawler, then go right into Velvet. And I was more excited ending Velvet than I was Nightcrawler. It's a good, the pairing is a good double feature. Though. It is actually. Like you said, it mirrors each other. But yeah, it's it's kind of, it upsets me a little bit, the, the downgrade. Um, all right, so I just have one question between these two films, Nightcrawler and Velvet. Which Jake G performance is better? Nightcrawler. Yeah? By a little bit, though, I'd say. I don't know about that. I think he's way better than Nightcrawler. I, I really like him. He feels him. He's, he's more important to Nightcrawler than, than he is yeah, to Yeah, that's true. That's true. I got a couple questions. Okay. Hit me with your cues. Uh, Jill and Hong Gilroy have worked together twice. Do you want to see them work together again? Yeah. And do you hope Gilroy's next project strays away from the satire genre? You have two basically back-to-back with these two movies. You want to see him do do something a little different, or do you think he's kind of found something that suits him? If the story's good, I'd say stick to it because I like him. And, you know, one thing I was thinking of, and it doesn't relate entirely, but there are a lot of comparisons with Gilroy and his satires and Adam McKay and doing his political satires in a sense. Very different. Very different, of course. I think I'll but, take this over what Adam McKay is doing. Woo! Unless it's Vice too, baby. But then... I want to say something about Vice <laughs> real quick. So we're getting all this news about the Batman. Matt Reeves' new movie and the Penguin is rumored to be the the central villain. Hopefully it's Adam McKay. Don't you think... And this is... After seeing Vice, Christian Bale would have to pack on a lot of pounds again. He would be the most perfect <laughs> penguin, don't you think? He would be incredible. Two and words. I, what? Loves it? No. What? Danny DeVito. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just going to say he would be incredible as a penguin. And you, I, he would have so much fun doing that. That's so totally random, but that's just my thoughts. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, my pick for Batman, just in case anybody wants to know, Joel Edgerton. Just throwing that out there. J.E., my pick. It'll never happen, but. My pick, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I could go for it, but he's. I want somebody older. Uh, Jake, Jake G. would be an interesting take. I know a lot. That's been like, he's the number one rumored. Just give me the hashtag, bring back Aflac. That's all I want. Uh, I got one final question. In the in, This goes back to Velvet Buzzsaw. Morph critiques everything he sees, <laughs> but why isn't he critiquing his haircut? It's awful. It's awful. It is very awful. Hated it. I <laughs> what is he doing? He hates he hates everything, but he can't look in the mirror and see he's got the worst haircut imaginable. I uh, j- just totally surprised by it, but I'm actually wearing my hair like that right now. I don't know. It's that's why I can't even look at you. In the eyes. It's awful. Do you think that at any point in either Nightcrawler or Velvet B- Buzzsaw, Jake G's character drinks kombucha? I feel like um, Morph would be a kombucha drinker. True. He works out. I love that. He, yeah, they oh, they yeah. have to address why he's got a good body. And he's like, I work out frequently. Loves him. All right. So now let's transition into what are our favorite games here? The movie review game. This is where I will present this time four reviews to Drew. And Drew has to guess which of the four is fake. Which of these four I wrote myself. And that's it. You just have to guess one. Last so, week, Glasscast, you were you got yours right. Yeah, almost um, immediately. 
Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I'm not good at this game because you can tell you know me well enough to know when I write something. So before, <laughs> which we, is the problem? <laughs> when we go into this, I are you going to be looking at me or are you going no, to be I'm looking not going to look at you? Because okay. I get I get nervous. Okay, I start sweating. <laughs> I'm going to stare at this kombucha bottle. I seriously start sweating. I'm so nervous right now. Okay, so the movie review game. We're going to do this for Nightcrawler. We're doing a retro movie review game. Okay, Drew, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, starting with the first review. Number one, the directorial debut from Gilroy offers a rare feat of mystery and surprise without overindulging, but the heavy lifting relies on Gyllenhaal's talents. Okay, that sounds real. Number two, it seems like a lot of satirical hue and cry about a social problem I'm not sure the nation is currently plagued by. That sounds fake. Number three. Now 33 years old, at the time of the film, now 33 years old, Hall is the same age that Robert De Niro was and Taxi Driver. And like him, he's learning to channel an eerie inner charisma, offering it up in glimpses and glimmers rather than all at once. God, that's a long... You have the longest... <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. That, but that sounds like you being long-winded. That sounds fake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And the fourth and final... The movie is a bit soulless, but that's the point. Gosh. Would you like me to read oh, those my. again? I think they all I think the last three sounds fake. <laughs> the last three? I'm 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 crossing off the first one because that one sounds real immediately. Okay. Um so number one's you don't need to read four again. So two and three. I, I'm going gut. I don't even want to hear it again. I'm going number three because it's it just long. sounds it sounds like you add, you went back and you're like, how old was Gyllenhaal in 2014, 33? So I'm saying number three is the fake one that you wrote. Okay, number three. Yeah. Are you locking it in? Locking it in, baby. Final answer. Yeah. You are incorrect. Oh my gosh. Do you know which one I it is? This game. Is it number two? It's number one, baby. Woo! <laughs> The one that I thought was real? Yes. Uh, that's I hate why this it's game so much. It's <laughs> I really do. I hate this game more than anything. I'm the freaking one that made it up. So as soon as you said I'm crossing off number one, I'm like, yes. Number three I found, I'm like, huh, what would be one thing that could and that I was the longest. I don't even agree with number four. You you yours are so long. Every one of these are so long. The, the, I picked the third one because it was longer, but I also followed that up with the short one. That's kind of my reasoning. But I the, mean, I do remember when this came out, people were comparing him to De Niro in Taxi Driver. Yeah, and that's kind of thought was maybe why it was fake. That's actually why too I kept that because I remember, like you said, he that was a, a major point for Chillin Hall. People just kept going back to it. All right, movie review game. I hate this game so much. It currently stands that I'm at one. I have yet one. to win, but I also won the Rotten Tomatoes game. We've got Happy Death Day to You coming out. One of my most anticipated movies of 2019. It's at the top of your list. It's not at the top, but I cannot wait to watch the first one again. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seriously put, in, put on my undies and go do something wild. Ooh. And assume that I'm living in a Groundhog Day. Are you going? Are you going to wear the baby mask? Whatever the, the what is it? The kiwi kipai, whatever the heck they call that. Kewpie. That's that's it. Yeah, that's the mask, right? That they used in this. Um, I don't know if that. It looks like the cake baby or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> mascot thing. 
Hostess Baby. So, Happy Death Day to you is coming out. We're doing that. And the first film, Happy Death Day. So, just a heads up, watch both of those films. That way, you'll be able to listen to us and share your thoughts. I'm kind of pumped. We've got Velvet, kind of a thriller horror film. We've got Happy Death Day to you, also a horror film. So, back-to-back horror films. Just a heads up, new episodes are bi-weekly and are released on Tuesday. So, every other Tuesday, you can expect... A new full-blown quality check episode for you. Hit us up online. You can do so on Twitter where our handle is at qualitycheckpod or get in touch with us on Instagram at qualitycheckpodcast. You can also email Drew your favorite responses to Gmail, qualitycheckpodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait for us to be dressed up in the next full episode Wearing that baby mask, wielding crazy knives. Guess what? What's that? Quality Check is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA.